Yeah, I've been having problems with my stream yard. Hello, hello, everybody. God bless you. Hello. We are jumping on here. I decided to do a twofer. So we had to <laughs> so get two for one today. Special, spirit led broadcast special. Yes. Two for one. We're still trying to get our professional cameras worked out, and it's just getting the link between the cameras, which are the Black Magic uh, professional cameras, to the output of the um, computer. And um, anyway, just we'll get it figured out. It's just uh, got to have it get another adapter. But anyway, we've got a wonderful guest here today. So glad that uh, Sebastian Richard is with us. He is the founder and the leader for Thrive, Thriving on Purpose. Uh, com and uh, it's a leadership uh, a site where you can receive some direction and some um, uh, coaching and prayer and prophecy. He's the he's the full package on a small island, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he broadcasts live from the massive metropolitan area of Saint Prince Edward Prince Edward Island, Prince Edward Island Canada. Yeah, Thank massive, you. massive <laughs> metropolitan, yeah, metropolitan area. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and just share a little bit about you and Elizabeth? And yeah. Well, before I do, I just want to give you guys a heads up. The sound you're hearing in the background, that's our uh, well pump that usually I'm able to start it before the broadcast. And I thought I had started. I thought I heard it start. But for some reason, it's going on now. It's going to end in a few seconds. So it, it shouldn't bother the rest of the broadcast. So uh, my wife and I, we began... Uh, we went through a long journey, but I'll try to sum it up. In uh, 20, 2015, the Lord put a, a, a very strong call in my life to uh, to begin a uh, business. At the time, it was a business. It was entrepreneurship. Uh, I was going to be uh, the next John Maxwell. Uh, that didn't work out too well, and it's, it's all to his glory because as I was advancing in this calling to add value, I realized that I was not called to add value to the secular world, but I was called to add value to God's church. So he shifted us and Thriving on Purpose, which began as a more of a secular flavor, began a Christian ministry. And my wife jo joined me. So we began ministering together. And we've been doing that since uh, I would say 2016, uh, ministering part time in the beginning. But now we've been doing it uh, for two years full time. Uh, and you can, you guys can check us out at, at thrivingonpurpose.com. Uh, that's our main hub. That's where we, where we have our broadcast, our podcast. And Elizabeth has an online store where she manufactures wonderful kingdom apparel and uh, jewelry and uh, stuff that you can wear. I told you. To show your colors. I, when I was grabbing your uh, website again for, for the, uh, for the advertisement for the broadcast. Uh, different medias um i told him when i went to your site i said oh i thought i accidentally clicked on ebay just <laughs> <laughs> row after row after row of really neat products yeah like, wow. elizabeth has added a lot of products to our storefront but we don't really we're not crazy about the way that the 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 first page looks like because I, I i told liz the other day i said you know what it's starting to really look like just like a store now, and we need to maybe emphasize that we're a ministry. So, like the first couple of things, you, see, you, jump, you, go, you scroll down, you say, oh, "Yeah, they have a broadcast," but it's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of got lost. So, Crystal, so glad you're on today. We've been missing you in the classes on Wednesday. Hope you're doing better, Pastor Vasily. God bless you. Thanks for coming on from Connecticut. So, um, Sebastian, um, you know, you and I have had lots of great discussion on kingdom. You, of course, have written a powerful book on kingdom. And we both have some very uh, uh, strong influences in our life that are similar. You mentioned Dr. Uh, Dr. John Maxwell. Yeah. And uh, I also was trained and coached by uh, John Maxwell through his, his, his training, coaching uh, classes and, and certifications and we also both, uh, Jennifer and I, are on the same place with you with a lot of Dr. Miles Monroe's yes. training and teaching. And so a lot of their teachings has made its way into what we do. In fact, we're getting ready in, uh, in this next semester for the Spirit-Led Supernatural School of Ministry 
uh, to, to release a new curriculum uh, on uh, kingdom theology, on kingdom oh, living. Yeah. And, and it's a very important thing because kingdom is like apostolic and prophetic. It's not something that you can bolt onto an existing uh, structure. And it's what people think, you know, you can't have a religious structure, a religious order, thinking, paradigm, structure, foundation, and then just say, oh, we're going to add kingdom. To yeah. This. Yeah. Kingdom is a foundational principle. It is going all the way. When you really understand kingdom theology in its fullness, you understand that it's it's actually government. It's it's rule. It's influence. And um, even, you know, the democracy concept in America, as many good points as it has, it utterly fails when it comes to kingdom. Because, again, democracy is about, you know, ruling by the people, you know, the power of the people. And so what ends up happening is you make little demigods that you yeah. know, as long as the people are righteous and have morals and they are operating and making decisions from a biblical worldview, then democracy is a thing that can be blessed. But the moment, as we are seeing now here in America, and as you have witnessed tragically in Canada, uh, you know, you get the wrong leadership in power because everything about democracy is majority rules. And that's not kingdom because the entire uh, nations had turned from God, but because one prophet, Elijah, was faithful and stood up on a mountain where there were thousands that were being swayed by an influence, swayed by a wicked king, swayed by the false prophets of Baal. And the showdown took place on Carmel where a 27-word prayer caused the fire of God to fall and and sacrifice was consumed after all the efforts of what I would say the democratic movement uh, didn't move God. And God's not impressed by majority. Three Hebrew children refused to bow down and yeah. turn the whole nation to God. And so, you know, it's kingdom theology. And I know Jennifer and I probably for the past, I probably for the past 15 years have been really shifting to more and more kingdom. It began in 2007. And God gave me a, a uh, he gave me 10 messages on the kingdom. The problem was I was a very popular speaker. I was at, 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 uh, in, in, in demand within this denomination. But when I began to preach kingdom, doors started shutting. Unreal. Literally because what I was preaching was going against the pyramid structure, the structure. Yes. of religion. Well, kingdom kingdom does that. It demolishes structures, right? Because it's it's based on a theocracy, and when the theocracy, when when you make room for the kingdom, the theocracy's power demands that human structures be dismantled yeah. to make room for it. Yes. And and yeah. see, that was God's heart when Israel was pleading for a king, and they were saying, "Give us a king that we can have, like be like other nations and have a king." It, it, it shows so much of God's mercy that he let them have it with the warning that came with it also. He says, well, you, give, you know, he, he told Sam, Samuel, says, that's okay, let, let them have it. He understood, but at the same time, it grieved the Holy Spirit because God's ultimate desire was, was for have a, to have a people with him as ruler and follow him. And it was, there was no middle man. And it was so much more powerful, and yet the people rejected it. And it's nothing new. The people, see, people today, the reason why they struggle with kingdom, the people is still reject it. Yeah, the reason why they don't understand is because kingdom is invisible. The influence of kingdom is invisible. You can't. So you, that's why I just said you can't point here, point there. This is kingdom. Yeah. That's why I said give us a king because they couldn't see kingdom. Yeah. They couldn't see the kingdom theocracy of the of the day. They wanted something tangible. Well, the challenge is this, you know, even like with democracy. Um, and if you're if you're in America, you know, Americans think that democracy is golden. It's the way it's what God blesses. That God is a red elephant. 
democracy standing person, you know, and and that's not really the, the truth because even in democracy, you have to have checks and balances because if people get in power, they get too much power, then it becomes more dictatorship, mm -hmm. more socialism that is passed off as democracy. Yes. And again, it comes back to who is ruling. And the principles of the kingdom is, first of all, there's a king. I'm not the king. You're not the king. There's only one king. Yeah. And his kingdom, the yeah. domain. And so all of us, no matter how high our title is, no matter what we're called, if, if we're within a religious order, if we're called, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, or if you're a CEO of a business, you understand that in at best, we're all still stewards. There, there you go. Exactly. Stewards of authority God's given to us. And God doesn't give us authority in kingdom necessarily to rule, but to serve and to help others become empowered. And mm. that's what authority is given. It's, it's to serve and to empower us. Because even in the garden, God gave Adam complete dominion over the earth. He was over everything upon the earth, fish, birds, animals, but not mankind. There you go. God never yeah. gave Adam the ability to rule over man. See, and the rulership over man belongs to God and God alone. And that's where all these other kingdom theologies that creep into the church are, are, are a problem because, you know, and that's the beauty of the kingdom. I'm sorry, baby, I want you to that, That's really good what you're saying. Yes, and there yeah. that, that structure. Is just you know is is that no man controls your destiny. Amen. God does. Say well, I, I I kept thinking about Pharaoh being over the children of Israel in Egypt, and how their cry. The Bible says their cry. God heard their cry. Their cry went up, and He heard it. And what the cry was: We don't want to live and suffer under man's hand. Mm -hmm. And that, like He said in the beginning, that's not the way it was supposed to have been. And so now people were actually crying out for a new way, another way, kingdom way, because that's when God had to take them around the mountain for 40 years to get Egypt out of their head. You don't serve Egypt. You're, I'm bringing you out of that. Yeah. I want you to serve me. And so that's really where, to me, the first kingdom was, well, besides um, in the garden, but that's where it was really, it came down to man, you know, suffering under uh, Egypt, under the, the Pharaoh. And God was trying to pinpoint and show them a new way. But they couldn't, they could not, again, bolt on Egypt to God. You were going to say something special? Well, you know, I've had a weird trajectory in my life where I got my my parents were religion hoppers especially my father so so we went from catholic to baptist to pentecostal to you know he was he was always trying to find the perfect religion which does not exist obviously just the word religion means it's it's not going to be perfect but he was always trying to find that perfect denomination which never happened uh and when i when my parents divorced i i was pretty much left to my own devices and um I began uh, having a relationship with God by the reading of his word alone. I was outside of church walls and I, and I knew God was alive because he was manifesting himself to me in specific ways. So I experienced kingdom early on, but then, then what you keep hearing on, on, on radio, you're listening to preachers and you you keep hearing, do not neglect the assembling of ourselves. Nah, 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 nah. So I was like, well, I guess I need to, join a church because there's no other way right there, there was no like there was no other structure or place where i could go and experience that fellowship and i knew it was missing in my life so i was like you know what okay let's do that but it's funny because there I, in the uh, the book the imitation of christ in the introduction to the imitation of christ he says something interesting i don't think it's the author who says that is the, the guy who wrote the preface or something he said uh i i went to be among men, and I came back a lesser man. Come on. And 
that's kind of what happened to me for five years. I went all in because I I came I came there. I I, I joined that church, and I became quickly very uh, I guess enamored with the systems and the the ways to do things and the the leaders and uh, men of God in the assembly and all that. I was very young, very impressionable, and I I had a father wound, a very deep one at that. So I was looking for that. And I wanted to please and I wanted to be accepted. And I did everything. I mean, I washed toilet bowls and I, I mean, I did it all just to be accepted, just to get a chance to preach. You know, I just wanted to be. A, 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 but I soon found out as I began preaching that there was an anointing on my life, that there was something there that, that made me, I shouldn't say different, but that, there was a gift there. There was a gifting. And from that moment on, when I first, when they discovered me, and wanted me to preach, it was okay. But then when I wanted to preach, it wasn't okay anymore. <laughs> then they were like, no, no, no that, that's not that's not the way it works. But I, but it says that let, I, I would quote the scriptures, it says, let everyone use their gifts to the, ser to the service of others. And it says, yeah, but we prefer when you, you, you water the plants or, you know, like when you do what we want you to do when we want you to do it. Right. You know? So there was some big, uh, there was a wall there that, that like uh, they put me in a box and they took me out one, when it did their thing. And, and, and I realized, I quickly realized what religion was. And that was a, a little bit of a shocker because I was becoming, uh, I was feeling the Holy Spirit fire and becoming more uh, desirous to, uh, to share my gift. But then that's when they decided to put the brakes. So they were, God used them. To make to help me discover my gift, and that I'm very thankful for because there was a season where I really needed to know these things. But then when I wanted to use the gifts, it was like, oh, whoa, 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 what are you doing here? <laughs> Calm down. There, we already well, have a pastor. The thing about religious order is religion are masters at behavior modification. Yes, a lot of times, and and I and, and I'm gonna preface what I'm fixing to say with making clear what I'm not saying. Sometimes you have to do that in a public broad audience. I'm not saying that you don't need to learn how to serve. There's nothing wrong with sweeping floors, Absolutely. watering plants and setting chairs up and doing that. That's, that's just part of ministry. What happens is a lot of times uh, religious order within the pyramid structure of religion, you know, they create these spaces here because they want time to modify your behavior. To make you exactly like them, to make mm -hmm. you your message, your language, who you are, exactly what they are. And the thing about the kingdom uh, is that it's not about behavior modification, it's about life transformation. It's about oh, family. What a difference, too. You know, what and, and what makes the difference between a kingdom. Um, uh, a king, when you're in a group, a, a, a movement, a connection, whether it be an ecclesia or a, a network, something organized, lots of people coming together, when the basis and the foundation is kingdom, then it's about family. And, and once you remove the family element uh, out of the picture, it's no longer kingdom. It becomes something else. It becomes organization. But here's the kicker. But here's the kicker, John. When you're in that kind of environment, they preach family. They say we're the well, family. They say the we're your family. We're this. We're that. So it's very subtle how it can get very confusing real fast. But think about family. Think about if if, if when you left home and you went and married your wife. Think about if you came back to visit, and. Your wife was an incredible cook. And you told your parents, oh, my wife knows how to cook. The next thing business is, come on over here to dinner. It'd be a natural thing for parents that love their kids to say, Elizabeth, come on in the kitchen. You know, Sebastian, tell us how good you cook. Come on and help us out. We want you to, to you know, be, be part, to belong. And when she goes in and she's, let's say she does the, 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 the main meat, and it comes out incredible. There's a sense of satisfaction. Everyone's sitting around going, that is the best Swiss steak I've ever had in my life. That is the best turkey I've ever eaten. And she used her special recipe. 
Yeah. She became part. Well, that's family. But if yeah. it was religious order, she came in, well, you know, why don't you go water the plants first and we'll see how you do that. And then we'll be like, what? You water know, plants before I cook it's a not family. <laughs> when we step away and say, King, here's the problem with religious work is, and even Bible colleges, and even seminaries, and even places of training, churches, religious orders, all about raising one or two powerful people to be set up in a position that everybody follows and worships and, and lifts up. Yes. Kingdom is about making everybody powerful. Everybody yes. has an anointing. Everybody and, has a gift. We're yes. raising an army. And so it's like, you know, come on in. And, and if I ask you to, to, to sweep the floor, it's because it needs to be done before we do something. I'm like, hey, man, would you mind grabbing a broom and just sweeping that up? And I like to see people that have a willingness. You know, they don't stand there and say, well, that's just not my gift. Yeah, I know. I just don't have the gift of moving chairs. I don't have the gift. To... Sometimes you just got to, it's all hands on deck. But that's not a stepping stone. You know, you well, exactly. It, it's not well, something to be used to promote people. Yeah, and and that's another thing that that was interesting. That in the environment I was in, I was like, "Well, that's strange." Because the more like they they would promote people based on their level of serv well, I shouldn't say servitude, but willingness to do these menial tasks. Uh, there were what I called when I started waking up, because eventually you start waking up. Because the Holy Ghost shows you, hmm, that's not right. And you're like, well, how can it not be right? And you kind of, you're not sure because you're like, well, am I being rebellious to authority? Am I being um, unruly? What's wrong with me? Why am I thinking these thoughts? Is that the devil? <laughs> so you, you question yourself. You're very confused. But I, I started seeing patterns. And I was like, well, there's these yes men, yes men that are being promoted to the platform. And, and because I didn't always agree, with the elders or the pastor, or, or I had a certain way of doing things, or, or I, and I was not unruly necessarily. I just had a, I just had a certain yeah. thing going. You know, maybe I was a little bit more of a wild stallion, but there was stuff that they didn't approve of, and and I was seeing these yes men move to the platform, but they had no gifting, and the assembly was not edified. And that bothered me. I was like, well, what's the point if we, we bring the guy up because he's been watering plants for six months and then he has no gift or no calling to do that, then the assembly is not edifying and they go home. They weren't fed. What's the whole point of all this, this whole system? And I started questioning a lot of things. And eventually, eventually, I came into a season of wilderness. And that happened right before I met Elizabeth. Uh, my wife, I met her online on a Christian website. I was out of church. I had tried to marry prior. I had tried to find a, a wife in the church. That did not happen. Uh, and and she was she was fresh out of Bible school and she had her own frustrations because in Bible schools there was other stuff. So we kind of connected based on, on the fact that we were like birds with a broken wing and frustrations, which is not the best way to start a relationship, mind wow. you. You don't want to start like that. But, you know, sometimes when you have unique uh, similar complaints, you're going to bond quicker. So that was the thing. We had problems with religion and we, we bonded quickly. And, uh, and, and then we, we tried to, you know, to be part of certain churches in our early months and years of our marriage. We tried to be part of a regular part of a certain assemblies or whatnot. And it didn't really stick. Like we always felt a little bit out of place and all that. And eventually we, we just stopped going to church altogether. And we were called to a long season of wilderness. And that's when the real learning started. Come on now. And I, and I know it sounds crazy because a lot of people, but you neglected the assembling of yourselves. And I'm like, yes, I know. However, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And he has shown himself truthful and faithful to that. We were two and we were in, in holy matrimony. And he has been with us during this season of wilderness. And it was so hard because that's when the real attacks come from religious people, uh, whether in your family, whether in the church themselves, that they start pointing fingers. You're neglecting the assembling of yourselves. And, and, you're, you're, and you're like, oh, yeah, but you should see what God is showing me. Oh, but you should see what I learned this week. Like, that's not possible because you're not part of an assembly. You're not under authority. You're not under this. You're not under this. So they, they throw everything at you except the kitchen sink. 
So you're like, well, I can't have conversations with these people anymore. And what I mean by these people is the people under the religious system who've bought it hook, line and sinker and who do not uh, who do not understand that God can be fully alive in the wilderness outside of church walls. And I was told many, many times that by all kinds of people and that basically I was deluded because yeah, since I was not in church walls. Sorry. Let me jump in here for a second. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to make sure that, that our viewers understand that, that, you know, we do embrace the gathering of the Ecclesia. Absolutely. Again, it goes back to family, even in a natural family. You know, once or twice a year, you might have what's called a family get together where all the aunts and uncles and cousins and people all come together. That's a great dynamic. But you can receive beautiful love and structure and guidance from a family that's just two or three people. And see where the religious world has taken the scriptures and twisted them. And it's, it's again, it's all the color of glasses they give you to interpret scriptures. So they give you the glasses that looks at the scripture that says, don't forsake the assembling yourself together. But then they apply that to the event, to the structure, because the event, the Sunday service is Lord. The structure is Lord. The organization is Lord. Exactly. And the truth is, you know, the Ecclesia can come together, even like you said, in a, in a, a gathering of two or three, right. and that's a beautiful thing. Now, I yeah. do agree you need to have elders in your life, people speaking into your life. Absolutely. That's all fine. But everything about what they're saying is moving you to structure, to moving you to conform to a system and to become cookie cutter. Yeah. And that's not kingdom. And so what and, and you're I, expressing and is I just want to bring it. Go ahead. And I'm sorry, John, I just want to bring a disclaimer as well. As I'm saying this, I'm talking about the particular calling that there was on my life and the particular trajectory that I needed to go through to understand certain things. Now, that's not for everybody. See, uh, not everybody will necessarily have a season of wilderness the way I lived it. Some people will experience wilderness while they are part of an assembly and they're not abandoning the quote unquote assembling of ourselves. And they might be called to be agents of change as they undergo that from within the assembly and impact it and influence it in a very godly and kingdom way and bring yeah, change from there. The reason why I said what I said is because there are some viewers who will probably hear what you're saying and they'll go back and say, well, he just sounds like he's bitter. Because in people's minds, when people are step away from religious order and you're meeting in your home or you're meeting in a house fire somewhere, you know, and it's just a smoke group of people, well, you separated yourself from from the, the system. So yeah. You're bitter, there's something wrong with you. You need, you need. But here's the thing sometimes storms come, wilderness has come because you're running from God, like Jonah. But sometimes storms and wilderness come because you're obeying God, mm -hmm. like Jesus yeah. led into the wilderness, led by the Spirit. That's right. You know, you, you had, you had uh, the Spirit led Paul into the wilderness. Of, of, of Arabia by the Spirit, and and so there are times that God does lead you into a place like the disciples. They went into a storm because God said, "Get in the boat and go to the other side." Right. And they had it's no idea what was going on. Judge someone that says, I, "I was in a wilderness and I was stepped away while God was purifying me." There are times that God does that. But That's check right. it out, though. When when I when I began this season of wilderness, I had no idea. I didn't have any. How can I put this? I wanted more of God, and I understood that I wasn't getting more of God where I was. But I had no clue where to go for it, none. And, and as as I was, I, it was a season of of great confusion for me because I kept. Hearing these voices, you know, that have been like I'll, I'll rep repetitively said to me, oh, you're neglecting this and you're rebellious. And I heard or I heard it all. And I was like, but at the same time, I know I can't go back at this time, at this time, because I knew that someday I might be called to come back with the fire that God would have uh, lit me with in the wilderness and bring it back to the fold. So that they too can savor that fire and and experience and see that the Lord is good and see that there is a God who is extremely powerful and who is extremely who manifests Himself 
to us in a very, like in an incredible way, outside of denominational walls. Amen. And see, that's the thing that most people are so afraid of, because let's be honest, I don't know how many people are listening to this broadcast, but there's people who will not even admit it to themselves that they've been dissatisfied with their, their denomination. They've been uh, wanting more of God. They've been uh, even maybe depressed and they put on the, the, the big plastic smile every Sunday. God is good all the time. And, and, and they just they just keep going through it. But they do not dare leave the assembling because they're like, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be called this. I'm going to be called that. And it's probably the devil telling me to do that. So they they're just enduring something that is not even of God. Because the call of God is calling out for a time, for a season of equipping, for a season of learning, that this God is alive outside of church walls. And when I discovered this, it completely changed my life. See, prior to entering the church, I experienced him. So I was experiencing kingdom, but I was alone in my room reading my Bible. Right. But I was, and I knew something was missing. I was like, I, I need to be with people. So the only place I knew where, uh, like-minded believers were, were in churches. So I, I felt the need to go to church. And then I, I, I went there and I was like, no, that's not it. That's wrong. That That's not, that's not what I was. That's not the God I've come to know really. Like there's too many things attached to it. It's like they, 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 they're trying to build a, some kind of robot here. It doesn't work. And then I went back to the wilderness and then he kept showing up again and equipping me with other stuff for all these years. And my wife, the same thing. My, you should have seen how my wife reacted, who was raised, he, listen, her dad was, uh, he was an elder in the church where they went, a deacon. So he had a, a position, he had a rank. Uh, she was raised like going to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday evening in their own home. They had a gathering. So she she was raised very, very, uh, I should say, religiously. And so when I told her, I said, I, I, I think I'm thinking that uh, to, to leave the church for a time and I didn't know what a, what a time meant and, and she she was like completely like disagreeing so like, I said, but I told I, her I said are you getting fed I, 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 I hear something about that because that happened to me God took me out of a certain denomination a certain place and took me somewhere else for like four years I got healing I, I got experiences with God that I never had before, yeah. but God sent me back. And there when I go. came back, Sebastian, people yeah. would come up to me and go, you're different. There's yeah. something different about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got things broken off of me. There it you go. I was in Plaster of Paris and God started chipping away at me until I got free. Yes. And that's and, what people were sensing was this freedom on me. And it's so amazing when you're in that season of wilderness. And, and for mine, it's been a long time. And I was like, wow, even to this day, there's still religious stuff being broken off of me. After, and I was only there five years. I was right. only there five years. And yet after 10 years, there was still stuff being broken off of me. In 12 years, there was still stuff being broken. And I'm like, my goodness. How long does it take to get rid of this religious spirit? <laughs> it's in chunks. He leaves in chunks. But um, you know what? That is like it's like an onion. Yes. And there's you layers. Cannot, you could not peel a whole onion in one setting. It's too powerful. It's too overwhelming. The odor of it. But that's what God does to us. We're like an onion. And he takes and peels off a layer at a time. If he exposed everything we would die oh yeah it would be too so too much too fast. To do it with tender care and love yeah. and mercy to help us to bring us along you know in the yeah, deep because, waters that's awesome because there's healing there's 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 uh, there's correcting there's um there's deprogramming and there's healing that needs to take place well one of the things about it is you know the reason why there's need for healing now, sometimes there's self-inflicted wounds. I will agree to that. Sometimes there are things that we do in knee-jerk response that yeah. wound ourselves by, you know, trying to react and 
but the, especially when you've got denominations, that the amount of pressure they put on you to conform to rules, regulations, to systems, to the way you should look, the way you should should act, the way you should appear, even how you carry yourself. And it, it's all ingrained. And what happens is when someone steps away from that system, from that, that denominational structure, because it's a structure that is designed for manipulation, for domination, and for controlling people. And as long as you fall in line, then they put you on platforms. Yeah. In fact, everything they do is they reward you. They call it submission. They, they call they it call submission it. and humility. Yeah. They even call it humility. Yes. And if you if you jump when they say jump and you go after the carrot and you then they reward you by putting you up on a platform. And but and, and but here's the thing. It, it's it's the amount of emotional and psychological damage mm. that these environments do to people. Yes. I've experienced it. Literally, I've experienced PTSD from yeah. stepping away from these environments. Yes, I can imagine. The slander and the accusations and the people that look at you. I mean, and they're just people that are caught in the system. And they yeah. walk into the ball and they're like, didn't you used to be Brother Arcovio? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the last time I checked, I'm still John Arcobio. Yeah. I may not be brother to you, but you know what? When you step outside the circle that men draws and God takes you out of it, you find a bigger circle called the kingdom. Right. Mm. The problem is, in their minds, departing from that circle is akin to blasphemy. It's, it's you're a heretic now. You are now in fault, and they love to say you're in false doctrine. But that's the oh yeah, they love that way that they can do that. But that is emotional. It's 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 incredible how people have to be healed. It takes time. Amen. You can't it does. Do it even in just one year, it takes. It time. does. And you know what? I consider my experience mild. I mean, I there were on the on the whole, there were good people who meant well. They meant well. But once you're in the machine, like you call it, even if you mean well, you're implementing a programming that is hurtful. So it's not it's not because they mean well that you're not going to get hurt. And, and, and there's still going to be uh, healing needed. Sorry, Jennifer, go right ahead. No, but that, I was just saying that's why you can't you can't leave and, and get. How do I say this? Um, kingdom. You're understanding kingdom. You're gaining information and you're gaining the experience of kingdom. It never fits to come back in to the denominational world, to well, the religious. And, and see, for years. And you I can't become, explain yeah, it. I can come into a church just because I can prophesy to a few people, see people healed, see a few miracles, get my paycheck. Hey, let's do it again next year. And people love it. But when I begin to teach kingdom, doors begin to shut. And the thing about we become very narrow anymore. If you're not kingdom, we love you. We're not going to dishonor you, but we're not going to run with you. And people true. say, "Hey, you ought to go down here, man. They'd love your ministry." And I'm like, "You don't understand. They may love my ministry, but if I step in that pulpit and God starts having me deal with kingdom, yeah, and teach kingdom, all of a sudden it just happened to us." Where we went to a, a certain particular church that had us do like an event. And all I did was dealt with relationships and prophesied to people and ministered, and they loved it. Gave us a nice offering and said, We're gonna have you come back. They had us come back the month later. But that month, not only in the pulpit that Sunday, but with the pastor sitting at the restaurant and talking in the car, God started having me challenge the spirit of religion in his life. Now, mm, and God I had the kingdom. I honestly don't know if I ever go back there again. Because they don't want the message. And so we just choose to run with and connect with birds to feather flock together. Yes. And if you're not kingdom, it just doesn't work. It's not going to work. No, obviously. because And, and here's the thing. Uh, it, it's very easy to fall back, especially when you're in, you're in ministry, right? To fall back into, uh, uh, how do you call this? Um, 
the thing they put on the the, the oxen, yeah. uh, the yoke of religion. Because yeah. I'll give you just a very quick example. So these days, you you guys know this because we're we're prayer partners. You know that right now, my family and I we're in a tough financial situation. So obviously, I'm a little bit more on the lookout for all kinds of opportunities, right? And there's this church on the island that a fairly big church. They were on the search. Uh, the they had a pastoral search committee open, and they're looking for a pastor. So I tell Elizabeth this. I said maybe I should consider it. And I'm I go to the page where they give the description of what they're looking for. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a test, by the way. Uh, that was a devil sending me something. <laughs> And the God testing me to see if I would pass that test. And I was like, man, it would be, I, I shouldn't say so easy to get the job because I don't think I would have gotten it easily because I don't have a, a, a diploma. That's number one. The number one thing they want is a diploma. So, but I was reading through it and I was like, well, I guess I could, I could do that. But I knew I couldn't because there were, first of all, they weren't fivefold ministry. They said the tongues had ceased and that the, the, there was no more apostles and no more prophets. So I was like, that's threefold, three strikes, you're out. I mean, like, I can't do this. I, I, Because they said you have to agree with their faith statement. And I was reading through it, and I had a, such a strong conviction. And I'm telling you, man, the financial situation we're in, a lot of people would say, well, are you crazy? Don't okay. you think you should maybe apply anyway? Like, Take it for the team. Just and I was like, no, I can't. I can't do it. Because I knew what would be required of me to compromise, how much of myself and of God I would be asked to compromise just to get that platform slash salary. And I was like, I can't do it. And, and it's funny because when I sent the, uh, the requirements to Elizabeth, she says, well, I didn't say anything, but as soon as I read it, I knew it wasn't for you. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm glad you're, you're just giving me confirmation because I just knew in my heart that it wasn't for me. So and the point is, once you tasted uh, kingdom, yeah. you, you, the, the worst, it's like going back to vomit. If you go to religion after that, you're going back to your vomit. And it's not, and I don't want to criticize anyone, make anyone feel bad. But the kingdom of God, what is what Jesus was almost out of breath teaching for three years of ministry on earth. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says that then he appeared to them for 40 days, teaching them to love one another. Oh, no, wait, that's not what the Bible says. Teaching them about the kingdom of God. So check this out. For three years, Jesus is like, the kingdom of God is this. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is like this. To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? Time and again, parables about the kingdom. It was all about the kingdom. Well, I shouldn't say all because there were other teachings, but most of them were, uh, they began with kingdom in mind. Most of Jesus' teachings began always with kingdom in mind. And then he comes back. He's resurrected. He, he appears to them for 40 days. So that means this is the last call. I'm equipping you now to go out into the world. What do I want you to teach? Well, he taught the kingdom. He taught them about the kingdom of God. And it didn't take long. It didn't take long, unfortunately, for the church to drop the ball. Like as human beings, it's like, I don't know what it's what the problem is with us, but we just we just rebel against a theocracy. We just rebel against the kingdom of God in our own nature. And, and it didn't, it took only a, a few years before the, the church started bringing other types of teachings, other stuff, linking other stuff, bringing other stuff in and started building a religious system once again. So that Jesus took them out of the kingdom. He equipped them to preach kingdom. He taught them kingdom constantly. And right after the apostles died, it didn't take long that even in the church fathers, if you read their, their writings, it, it started being religious again. And it didn't last, like it wasn't much about kingdom for a long time. So it lasted basically one generation. Well, you know what? I, I keep thinking about, again, the children of, of um, when they were in Egypt serving Pharaoh, building his kingdom. And do you remember how they griped and complained and said to Moses, you know, at least when we were back there, 
We got a paycheck. But it was narrow-minded. They forgot the 400 years of sorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Here's I the did thing. a teaching on that, yeah. And I welcome Vasily's great, great comment, Vasily's from, <coughs> from Connecticut. Jose Sabala, God bless you from Modesto, Elijah. God bless you, folks. But here's the thing. Any environment, any group, I don't care whether it's an ecclesia, a, a, a local church, a, a movement, a network, any environment that you have to shift and, and, and change who you are. That's right. To fit. Mm. You don't need to be there. That's right. You know, the, the way to find the blessings in favor of God and how to impact people begins first and foremost. What has God told you? What is his assignment for your life? Who is who is it that God made you? Because when you're in your assignment, you can just flow in it. You don't have to worry about it because if you're apostolic and prophetic, you're going to draw people who want that. Yeah. Yes. If you're kingdom, you're going to draw people that want kingdom. It's going to happen naturally. So the first step is not to try to find some atmosphere that you can try to plug into to fit. You just be who you are, and it draws. Mm -hmm. Because if you set up to be a leader and your intention is to draw attract people, you're going to blow it. Because then you're going to be like Aaron. You're going to try to figure out, test the wind, what do people want? You start off by being who God has made you. You walk in your assignment. You're telling me, and I have a prophetic word for you. You're telling me, Sebastian, that you felt this was a test, this place that you could have applied for. And you said no, because it's not who you are. And because you passed the test, now you watch. God is going to raise and open heavens in your life, That's open right. doors. That's right. It's going to fit where you where it, Thank you, Father. You don't know them. They don't know you, but you're going to be exactly what they're looking for. Amen. Amen. I'll, you're, just I'll see that. you're just going to flow. And I'm not saying it's going to be a church somewhere, but it's going to be a group of people that's going to pull you in. That's going to say, Sebastian Richard, Elizabeth want. Richard, you are exactly who we've been praying yes. and looking for. Yes. Mm. And you're going to be able just to flow in who you are naturally, and it's going to be awesome. Like I was here the other night, and Day and I got through ministering and someone came to me and said, man, tonight was phenomenal. What you taught, preached and taught was incredible. It's just, it's what I love. And I said, you know what? If you love what I did, then you and I are going to get along great. That's just who I am. There you I was go. just following what I do. And so it's just that natural outflow because when, when you find your assignment and you step in and you become passionate about it and then you start focusing everything about helping people step into their destinies. You're not going to worry about having followers. People will flock to what you are doing. I believe that with all of my heart. Actually, that's why I called our ministry Thriving on Purpose. Because when I discovered my purpose, it ignited exactly what you're talking about. Who I am in Christ. Who I am in God. And I was like, whoa. I want other people to be ignited that way. Because this changed my life completely. This completely changed my optics. Um, well, you, you know, Sebastian, what he was saying, and I was thinking about Samuel and, and how Hannah, you know, would go and pray for a child. She couldn't birth a child. And God, at that moment, there was like years, I don't know if it was 400 years, it said that God had not been speaking. And so God needed a prophet and Hannah needed a baby. And the two came together at the right time. Absolutely. And so I believe that's what God is saying for you. There are a people that have been crying out to me. They may have not been able to write, put the right verbiage, but they've been crying out to me for change. And you were crying out for change long before this. And so God had to develop you. God had to get you ready for these people. And now there's a coming together. And Jose Sabala, Praise one God. of our viewers, said, Thank so you. good, just like Thank Jesus, so when he was baptized by John, it says that the kingdom of heaven realm was opened. So, you know, I, I really believe that. And don't don't lock those people into any geographic area. Just, you know, it may, it may, it may be someone that reaches out to you by social media or whatever. And you may have to, for a season, you know, uh, nurture them by that, 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 that. That bought that venue, but you know, I, I just really sense it. I sense there's a shift coming, Sebastian. And I just, I really yes, want. God, to we need a shift. 
Yes. Papa God is smiling on you because you stayed true to who you were. And 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 I I'm I I've been there. I remember when I was so desperate. Oh, I know you have. I season used to, I yeah. at time one year I put out 50 applications. Not because God told me to, I was just sick and tired of being broke. Well, I yeah. was tired of doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. The was, every single one of those places, there's no, it's just no way. Because they would ask ask me to submit a resume, submit everything. Then they would make the mistake of saying, do you have any current preaching? So I would send them to my YouTube page, and it would be dead silence. They don't like that. <laughs> For some reason, uh, they don't like that. They would go a different direction. Because they didn't want kingdom. And I'm sorry, I, I bleed kingdom. You cut me, I bleed family. I bleed kingdom. <laughs> But you know what? What did Jesus say? He he told um, I don't remember what passage it was in, but that the kingdom was given to him, and he says, "I confer, I place on you the kingdom." Wow. Yes, That's powerful. You and have. He, and Go ahead. And he and he said, "Don't don't be afraid, little flock." Because it is the Father's good pleasure. I love this. These two words together. Good pleasure to give yes. you the kingdom. Yes. And, 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 and the, if I remember the context, I'm trying to remember here. But if I remember the context, they were afraid to, to be missing uh, missing the, the necessities. necessities. And he says, don't be afraid, little flock, because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, the sad thing about it is that most modern-day churches, most especially big environments, they're not ready for kingdom because they're not ready for their foundation to be jackhammered out by God Come on. and relayed. That's right. If they can't bolt it to their existing structure, if That's they can't right. fit what they've already put in place, then, then they're not interested in it. And it's and, even worse than that, uh, Brother John. It's even worse than that. They can't fathom kingdom. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I've encountered, and trust me, I've encountered it a lot, because when I wrote the book, I just do you mind if I show the book to the people? Kingdom Please. Fundamentals. So that's I don't know if we can see it. Well, Kingdom, Kingdom Fundamentals, Fundamentals, what the Kingdom of God means and what it means for you. It's a three hundred and fifty-five page book all about the Kingdom. So when I wrote the book, I I, I learned uh, you know I learned uh, Amazon marketing. I learned Amazon ads. Uh, I learned also to 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 market. When you write a new book, you like to to market it on the uh, social media platforms. Let people know you wrote a new book. Like you want it, you're trying to get the book to gain traction in the early weeks of its release. And as I was finding clever taglines to 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 put the book forth, I realized one thing, and it was Holy Spirit that showed it to me. And I told Elizabeth, I said, you know why it's so hard for this book to gain traction? I said, it's because people in the church think they already know the kingdom of God. Right. Because they heard a sermon once. Because they've read it so much in the Gospels. They've heard, they've read the words in red of Jesus speaking about the kingdom galore. They think they know kingdom already. They don't think they need a book about kingdom. They don't think they need to learn about the kingdom of God. They think they've got they've got this already. I'm already in the kingdom. I'm saved. I don't need to read about that. And I said, that's the problem with marketing a book like this, because people already think that they know kingdom. And so when the Holy Ghost showed me that, I tweaked my, I had an Amazon ad going. And the, the tagline now read, think you know kingdom? Think again. So that became the new tagline. Our viewers, if you want to look on the screen right now, I've got the spot on Amazon. If you want to go to Amazon and you can order Kingdom Fundamentals, what the Kingdom of God means and what it means for you. It's on Kindle. It's on, on there in paperback. So if you want to go and click on that link that's right there on the screen, you'll be able to, to get Sebastian's book and be blessed by it. And we highly, yeah. highly do recommend it. And those who've read the book, those who took the time and said, you know what? Even if I know Sebastian, I'm still going to read the book. Well, guess what? Those who read the book were blessed by it. And those who don't know me were even more blessed by it because they don't know me. So it, it, it's even well, better. You know, you know what? Scripture says that 
no man sets out to build a house until he considers the cost of it. Yes. Well, I can tell you that my journey into kingdom that lasted about seven years was very painful. Partly it's because I was just trying to hold on to religious order, to relationships and parts of and, it. And, and the connections of it. And, and yeah. then I had the, the crazy idea that I was going to be able to step into kingdom and just reestablish everything that I had with religious order when it didn't fit. Mm. And that was a painful, painful awakening. But it's when you finally just relax and say, okay, God, I'm here. I'm yours. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people anymore that's trying to break away from some structure, some manipulating, dominating, controlling environment. It's like a cutting a tail off a dog. Just do it and move on. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and the Holy Ghost. The fence and slowly try to. It's excruciating. And it's the same thing like a, a Band-Aid. You can't just barely start taking healing well, you off. Can. Yeah. But it it's more it's more painful doing it that way yeah. than just ripping it off. And I guess yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But the Holy Ghost just highlighted something to me. I I, I want to share this quick highlight. You know, we hear a lot about it's funny because when I, you know what a remnant is, right? A remnant is a small quantity of something, a small quantity. And we hear a lot about these days, sermons and teachings and, and prophecies about the remnant. And it's funny because the remnant is going to be a very small quantity and everybody thinks they're part of the remnant. But here's the truth. And, and this, is, this is what I want to emphasize here because the, the Holy Ghost highlighted it to me. If you're not kingdom, you're not part of the remnant. So, it's as simple as that. You, the remnant, will be in the kingdom. In other words, they will they will bleed, like John says, bleed kingdom. That's the remnant. The, the remnant will not like if if see that the, there's a lot of delusions when we're in that system. We're deluded, and I know what I'm talking about. I was deluded myself because we the system is made to 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 uh, to deceive us to make us think that we're actually in the kingdom when we're actually only in religion okay so the problem is when we're in that religious system we we we're deluded into thinking that we're actually walking in kingdom and that's why it's so hard to get that cold shower of truth that wakes you up violently like you said the plaster that you rip off and all that stuff because you kind of have to come to a place in your life where you're like wow and for some people, it's harder because they've been in the religion 10, 15, 25, 30 years. Everything I've always believed, I shouldn't say was a lie because not everything in church is a lie. That's not true. But, but you know, when you come to that place and you realize, oh, my goodness, I was in religion. I was not in kingdom. It's a tough pill to swallow. And that's when humility comes in and you need to face yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, you know what? I was deceived. You know what? I was wrong. I was believing things that were erroneous, but well, it's okay. And my, yeah. and my advice to people that are leaving religious order and they're leaving the structure of denomination, the structure of, and I'm not saying, hey, if, if, if you think that's fine, knock yourself out. Go. God still has a place for, you know, yeah. while God is not moving amongst denominations in this hour, He's moving with movements. He's moving with keen amount of people. You're still his child. He's still going to bless oh, you. Yeah. Absolutely. No, we're not but saying that you're not. People that, that try to stay in those environments that don't teach kingdom, that are religious, that are stuffy, that are controlling, that are, you know, and then they try to come and say, well, I, I enjoy your teaching and I enjoy being with you guys, but, but they're my friends and my cousin Maggie's there and my sister's mom is there and you know, we go because of that. The problem is this. You're confusing yourself. Because mm -hmm. you're hearing one message on Sunday, and you're trying to come on to our, our teachings on Wednesday, and then what ends up happening is you start bringing that confusion into that environment. You start challenging kingdom mindsets, kingdom pre-teaching by saying, well, you know, 
I talked with Bishop so-and-so and he's a great man and he said this, this, and this. And they try to bring that rose-colored glasses of what that concept is. And I've had to sit down and say, hey, look, if you're enjoying Bishop so-and-so so much and that environment is so great, just go run with them. Because to run with kingdom, you got to be around people that encourage and build up and strengthen the concepts of kingdom, the principles. And if you're going to straddle the fence, honey, it's a bob wire fence. <laughs> well, you know what? And it says you're going to serve one or the other. Well, yeah. Serve both these places at the same time. And it goes back yeah. to what Jesus said. I tell Jennifer, she'll say, oh, you're going to go talk to so-and-so. And I, I know, baby, I'd be casting my clothes before swimming. They would trample on the beautiful truths of kingdom that I hold dear because they're not ready. Their mindsets are too fixed on the structure being God, the organization being the kingdom, those leaders, you know. And I said, they're not ready. The person well, that's they might have they might be made ready here's the thing i i believe that, that we're we're witnessing right now the last hours of these structures god is making a whole new way for the kingdom now and the kingdom is taking over so much territory right now that these religious structures will explode they, they will be yeah. broken down and the people like a salt shaker when you a glass salt shaker if you break it what happens to the salt it's spread all over the place and that's what God wants to do in this time and in this hour. Yeah. And when this happens, it's going to be a good thing. See, a move of God is always a good thing, but I know it's going to it's going to break some of our toys, and, and our toys are our religious structures and systems. And, but they need to be broken down. Look, they hated Jesus. The religious leaders back in the day they hated Jesus, and Jesus said, "If they hated me, they're going to hate you. <laughs> if your kingdom, they're going to hate you." And you know what I think about. You know, Saul in the in the Bible before he turned to Paul, he thought he was doing the right thing by mm -hmm. killing the Christians. Right. But guess what? I was thinking, wow, look how fast it started moving. And I thought, wow, Saul was very busy killing people and he probably got exhausted. <laughs> and look in the end, who fought him the hardest? Yeah. The religious order. Yeah. His own people. The ones that beat him with rods and and Tried to kill him and he got escaped. It was religious order. Yeah. So, so, so check anyway, it out. Fashion, I believe people are hungry for kingdom. We're, oh, yeah. we're kind of out of time now, but uh, this has been a great, great dialogue. I always, always enjoy just having conversations with you. And uh, we, we celebrate the oil you carry, Sebastian. Thank you so much for all you do. And I just really believe that God is going to just move your steps Amen. into something great. Amen. And there, I'm with you. There are people that are hungry for kingdom. Oh, yeah. And anymore, you know, if they come to me and say, you know, I love what you're doing. I want to be kingdom. You know, I don't send them back to structures to their, to their death anymore. I just tell them, you obey God. You seek the Lord. No man holds your future. No man's in control and domination of what God does in you. It doesn't mean you don't need elders in your life and people you speaking people. in your life and coverings. But you know what? You are God's child. You are God's warrior. Amen. And when you step into the kingdom, there's room. Amen. There's more than enough room in the kingdom, more than enough of everything in the Amen. kingdom of God. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We bless you, Sebastian. We bless your sweet wife, Thanks. Elizabeth. Thanks yes. for having We're me. We're looking forward to hearing some miracle testimonies of God's Amen. provision. God's just opening doors for you, and I know you've got some new, a brand new book you just put out on for evangelism. For uh, it's an outreach book, yeah. It's uh, it, the can I show it? Yes. Okay. I don't. I don't want to push too many things, but so it's called "I Did It All for You." It's an intimate letter from Jesus. So. The book is 155 pages, and it's outreach all the way. This book was birthed from uh, God just poured it into us, as, well, me, through my pen, but it's for outreach. And it's basically a new way to do outreach because the tracts 
are very hit and miss, especially nowadays with the way people think they usually just discard the track really fast. And tracks are, uh, they've lost, ironically and pun intended, they've lost traction. So uh, the, the Lord highlighted this to us and we, we were like, what can we do? What can we bring forth? Well, a, an intimate letter from Jesus written. Uh, so it's like a chick publication on steroids. You know uh, the little chick publication things? You'd read it. This is this this is the end of your day. And I had, I had the week first ending over somebody he had the heart attack. And, you know? Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds. That, there's all kinds of tracks. to try to scare you out of hell and into heaven. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, that's not that, that's not what it is. This is really a book that, that I know. Addresses... It's replacing that. It's, it's yeah. Exactly. It's, it's because people. I mean, the society has changed. The way people are brought up, what they think, what they believe, has changed since the the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties when the tracks were popular. Um, I just wanted to say something before we get off here because this word just kept coming up in my spirit and I think it's something you have to pay attention to and it's the word assembly. I don't know if there is going to be a specific church or a place called the assembly or but please keep that in your spirit. Pray assembly. over that because there's something with that. Amen. Come on. All right. Amen. Thank you for joining and we love you. Yes. And we'll do this again. Absolutely. All right. Well, God bless you. Have a Thank great you. day. Bye-bye.